Hello and welcome to the For the Win podcast. I'm Ted Berg. It's Friday and I'm joined on the line by producer Hemel Javeri. Hemel, how are you? Ted, I'm doing great this Friday morning. How are you? Good. I feel like I haven't spoken to you much this week. I feel like that too. I was kind of wondering. I was like, I don't even know where Ted's been all week. Not, I ha- not that, like, you know. I felt deep. I feel like you've been very busy. I felt deep down the hole on pursuing a uh, avocado throwing purported ex-college <laughs> baseball player who turned out wasn't the same guy. Uh, it it was a it was a time-consuming uh, pursuit of that story. Did you? Were you the one that broke that story wide open? Um, well, so, I mean, I don't know that you could call it breaking the story, but I am the person who searched the guy that they said the avocado thrower was in his college baseball career and found out that that is not the guy at all. Um, but it's not like I, like, it was just a, a miscommunication somewhere along the line. It right. wasn't like, it wasn't like the cops had the wrong guy. Right, right, right. Um, uh, so that would be, but I like- that's what I was hoping when I, when I started to go in, I was like, I was like, Oh my God, they got like, I thought, I thought there's, or like, like there was some sort of identity switch happening, something like that. But it turns out someone just mislabeled Brad Gomez avocado thrower as Vlad Gomez, former Monroe college baseball player. Still, you're out there writing an important wrong. This is, you know, I- this is why we need. Murders, so. Well, and so, so Vlad Gomez, who's the, who's not the avocado thrower, is playing in Vallejo, California, and his team last night had him throw out the first pitch and throw an avocado. Oh my uh, god! So, <laughs> so it's cool. Like you know, hey, I'm making I'm making a difference in this world. You know. So yeah, you're, they really they're doubling down on that. That's right. pretty good. Um, I mean, he's he had a pretty good sense of humor about it. He was like, well, no one thinks this is me. Everyone I know who knows me. Right. Knows that I'm playing baseball in California, so why would anyone think I was throwing an avocado at 4:45 a.m. in the morning in the Bronx? Also, there's a video, and it shows the guy, and that guy is clearly not me. So, like, it wasn't <laughs> like he was like really having his. It was just, and I guess I I, st- I stepped up for his future Googling employers, right? Yeah. Well, uh, this is yeah, this is why people hate the media is that sometimes like little things get mislabeled, they get reported the wrong way, and then everybody starts crying fake news about it. Right. You know, I was trying I yeah. was trying to reel up the news. Uh, <laughs> is, oh, we have questions, but that actually reminds me that like I think we're not going to do it, but like I've I I think a funny cuz you know that that Trump's uh Facebook page now is is putting out the real news. Uh, yes, yeah, they're doing, um, is that the video thing that they're doing? Yeah, yeah, so we can finally yeah. get the real news, and I, I was thinking it would be funny to do, like, realist news, and mm-hmm. just be, like, super real on the news. <laughs> um, but we can't discuss no, I that. I don't think they could handle that. Yeah. I don't think they could handle that. Um, our, our careers could not handle that. Right. <laughs> um, but, like, I mean, like, really, like, just be totally real. Um <laughs> Like first, after three beers, real. Yeah, yeah. Like I'm just being real with you, and then I tell you the things we all kind of know, but don't want to say. I would say that that would be the real news. Um, I, yeah, let's let's get off this topic before I start. Yeah, before talking about right. Real news. Yeah. Uh, to, so this is from Charles. Uh, he wants to know. He starts this question with also, which makes me think he asked us another question and I missed it, but I I didn't see that yeah. one. He had asked. He asked us two questions. Oh, I didn't see the first one. Did he just direct it at he you? Didn't, maybe. Let me let me double check and pull up 
because Charles had two good questions. Oh, the, the oh yes, he did. I got both. Good. Okay, yeah. I did get both. Yeah. I got both Charles questions. Never mind. All I right, thought right. that that one came. All right, so let's start with that one. Hey, it's a sports okay. hook. Uh, Charles wants to know, Tom Brady or Derek Jeter, greater legacy? And then he says, in parentheses, I know, I know, deflate gate, but that was ridiculous. Uh, so who has the greater legacy, Tom Brady or Derek Jeter? Legacy Ooh. is such an arbitrary term, right? Yeah. Well, I mean, legacy is just very hard to pinpoint right now, right? Because you can say in five years, something might come out. In five months, something might come out. And that changes everything, right? right? Bill, like, Bill, Cosby's, Bill Cosby's legacy is no longer what it seemed in 1997. Exactly. I mean, it's no longer what it seemed like three years ago, right? right. Like, there's uh, – so legacy is a very uh, hard question to answer. But I'm going to have to go with – oh, this is tough. But I think I'm going to go with Tom Brady with the caveat that everything that we are hearing about concussions and football and everything like that, there's a very good chance – that 20, 25 years from now, people just think that, you know, anybody who was playing football was just crazy. Um, yeah, I mean, so you're saying, like, I mean, that, that's that's pretty grim. I mean, that's the truth about the NFL, unfortunately, is that it's it's a fairly grim outlook. Uh, <laughs> but I don't know. I don't, I, don't, I don't wish that upon even Tom Brady, you know? No, I, I'm not talking about Tom Brady personally. I'm just saying that if you think about uh, – 20, 30 years ago, athletes were maybe doing crazy stuff. Like we would think about goalies, right? They used to play without helmets and without pads or anything like that. I'm not saying it affects their legacy, but how we look at them is very different. Like, so, like, like if, well, that's so crazy dangerous. Why would anybody do that? Right. If the NFL, like, shrivels up and dies, then yeah. then people won't see Tom Brady the same way, obviously. Exactly. Yeah. Like, I think that – so for legacy, but, uh, you know, if things keep going on the very consistent path that they have been going on – I would say that Tom Brady probably comes out over Derek Jeter. Um, I think that Tom Brady is like both more vehemently. I think Tom Brady is probably the better player by sport. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. I think Tom Brady has been celebrated more, but also way more people hate Tom Brady. Right. Like I feel like even like a lot of because people hate the Yankees, but even a lot of casual baseball fans who hate the Yankees are like, oh, yeah, but Derek Jeter, he played the game the right way, like that whole thing. Whereas like I feel like your casual football fan who's not a Patriots fan hates Tom Brady. Yes, I think that that's a very fair assessment, like especially the comparison with uh, I just hate the Yankees, right? Like they might not feel one way or the other about Derek Jeter, but they hate the Yankees. So there isn't that level of like identification, whether it's love or hate with the player. Um, We've talked about Tom Brady before on this podcast. I would say that the other thing that is kind of going to skew Tom Brady, um, not maybe not his football legacy, but just kind of what he is known for is that he's really big on being just a personality, right? Like, he's married to Giselle, and after his football career, he's going to go and do a lot of different things. We're going to so see a lot gonna, of Tom Brady, that's you're for gonna, sure. Yeah, he's not going to, he's not going to like, gracefully fade away, right? Like, we're, we're going to be seeing a lot of Tom Brady forever, and that is going to affect his legacy, right? There's going to be plenty of people that just know him either as an analyst or the guy who sells Under Armour or whatever it is that Tom Brady sells, right? Like, that, after a while, is what he's going to be known for. And Jeter, you know, I would have expected the same of Derek Jeter, honestly, mm-hmm. but, you know, in his retirement, he's still around. Like, we know he has the Players' Tribune, and we know, like, right. he was in talks to be a small part of an ownership group for the Marlins. 
Um, like I, I don't think Derek Jeter's gone forever, but he has really sort of stepped out of the spotlight in retirement. Yeah, he hasn't been super visible, and not you know not like that's a bad thing. He's doing no, stuff. He's I mean he spent money. He's yeah, you spent. It's just not Tom Brady levels of like I'm going to start my own meal delivery system. Right, I think Jeter was like, well, I just spent like the last what like I, like my entire adult life uh, right. playing baseball for nine months out of every year and training for the rest of the time, and like now I've got a new wife and I think a I, did they have a kid? Uh, you know, like just maybe live yes, enjoy maybe, yeah. enjoy living life as a fabulous rich guy in right. you know for a few years, and and I certainly don't blame him for that. That's probably. It seems like being Derek Jeter is probably, and that's, I guess that's my main point about Derek Jeter's legacy, is like, I don't know what else Derek Jeter could have done in this world, right? Mm -hmm. Like, it's just like, being Derek Jeter seems like the dopest thing. Like, whether you love him or hate him as a baseball player, everybody loves this guy, like, in at least in the general public. Like, everybody just praises Derek Jeter constantly. Um, he has, like, his, his I, I don't know, his, he just socially, culturally, he's just like, cool guy right he's just like labeled cool right. guy where and that's a legacy to me that is enviable whereas tom brady it's like successful jerk and i don't want to be successful jerk i want to be like the guy everyone knows is cool see I, I i i completely agree with you i think the only thing that i wonder about is whether he's a successful jerk like I don't know if jerk is the right word i use because i don't doubt that like oh he's so weaselly and tom brady-ish He's definitely Weasley, but I, I don't know. Like, he's very Tom Brady-ish, right? Like, he – but his Tom Brady-ness is – I imagine that if I were to meet Tom Brady, he would actually be very nice, right? Like, I feel like true. he would be like, – he's not going to be, like, rude to my face. Like, that. he's not, like, that kind of a jerk. I think that he's, like, a Weasley guy who's had all these things work out for him. Um and it's just getting very, very annoying. <laughs> yeah, uh, it is. I mean, and he's like, I gotta say, like, that's an extremely hot guy, you know? Yeah. And like, that that doesn't <laughs> seem fair, right? Like, like that is just an objectively, like, any, it's not like, oh, he's super hot for a all-time great NFL quarterback. He is just like a modely looking dude. And yeah, like, on any, yeah, on any street, on any street he walks down, he is the hottest guy on that street. And that's, uh, that's cool too. Here's the, okay. So I think that Tom Brady is like, yes, like objectively a very attractive dude, incredibly handsome, um, married to a supermodel, all that good stuff. But I think that because Tom Brady is the way Tom Brady is, he becomes a lot less hot. I, I'm not going to put him on any lists of like super hot athletes. So. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so you're, so like the, the, you're, you're, but you're separating the physical, right? Cause he's starting, like I would say he has like the, the highest floor, like Tom Brady has made yes. himself less attractive, yeah. but if he were, if he had like the persona of a Paul Rudd or something, everybody like, oh, hell yeah, <laughs> yeah Tom wow. Brady. Exactly. Yeah. Like he, he would be like the hottest guy in the world. Right, right. Whereas Paul Rudd is like an objectively less hot than Tom Brady, but I think probably a lot of people find him more attractive. Yeah, I would definitely pick Paul Rudd over Tom Brady. There you so. go. Uh, <laughs> all right. Um, let's move out of this discussion. Uh, so I, 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 so we already teased that Charles had another question. We're just going to go two in a row from at by Charles Curtis, our coworker. He has the best questions anyway. Um, he does. Also, to follow up on our debate this week, this was something we talked about a lot this week in our Slack. Uh, what's the best So Bad It's Good movie of all time? Like, What terrible movie do you enjoy watching because of how terrible it is? 
Uh, this is a very loaded question. And before I give you my answer, I really just want to talk about Luke and like call him out on the fact that in Slack, he kept putting very good action movies. Luke has, yeah, Luke has yeah, terrible just, taste. We know yeah, this. Yeah, he was just put, I was like, it's just an action movie. It's not a bad movie. Right, because like, 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 yeah. Air Force One on that list. Like, that's a very good movie. Right, like, because I could say like, well, I love Triple X, the original Triple X movie. I think it's awesome. I think it's awesome in part because I think it's kind of hilarious. And like, yeah. I'm not saying it's Citizen Kane, but you can't, I'm not going to say it's a terrible movie because right. it does what it came to do which is right. show Vin Diesel <clears throat> kicking people's ass in on all sorts of speeding vehicles. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, so my list is, oh God, I don't, I mean, I'm going to, this is actually borderline because I think this is a great movie, um, but I'm going to go with Armageddon because it's just so hilariously implausible, but it's still a phenomenal movie. That came up. So, so I don't know if you heard it, but on, on the podcast with, with Oren Uziel earlier this week, who's oh, a, really? no, a screenwriter here, we, we talked about this a little bit because so, and, and he made a really interesting point, this to me, and he brought it up again in the podcast, but it was something that I think he said to me like 10 years ago when we were talking about movies. Uh, and, you know, he pointed out that there are some movies that are just better to watch from the middle on, right? And so like, like to me, I think that I've watched, I watched Armageddon start to finish when I first watched it. And mm -hmm. when I when it came out, and I was like, this movie is atrocious, right? It was just bad. But if you then like 10 years later, you've forgotten really the plot points of Armageddon and you're dropped into the middle of that movie. And then you, part of the process becomes like decoding all of the things that happened before it in the movie, right? Yeah. And like, there's like an extra little puzzle to it when you try to figure out the relationships and stuff. I think that that can make a movie kind of good. Like a, one that came up in, in Slack, and this is not my all-time best terrible movie that I like watching, but the movie We're the Millers, which I believe had uh, Jason Sudeikis and, and Jennifer Aniston in it. Uh, and it was like this heist, sort of like they were drug trafficking, but they were posing as this innocent family. And I sort of jumped into the middle of it, and for me it was like figuring out it was like a mystery movie. You're like, why does this innocent family have so strange things going on here and right. figure it out backwards. And that makes it fun. <laughs> well, yeah, I think you're giving that a little bit too much credit. Um, my other pick is probably blue crush, which is one of my all time favorite movies, but I have seen it so many times that it, everything kind of breaks down on repeated viewings, right? Like the first time you watch it, you think, okay, this is a passable movie about a woman who likes to serve. But, and then once you really sit and try to parse out the details, it, it collapses on itself, but it makes it so much more enjoyable that it's just reached like total levels of absurdity by the end of it. Um, so that's probably my second pick. Yeah. I would say Rocky yeah. four is a really good example of a bad movie that, is like kind of good because it's so stupid and i know people think rocky four is a good movie it's not a good movie it's a bad movie but it's funny and yeah. like he you know uh drago is a classic sort of comic bookish bad guy um and another one that uh this is like a staple of my childhood uh the vanilla ice movie cool as ice and like i didn't i wasn't into vanilla ice we knew vanilla ice was lame from like day one uh so but like watching cool as ice was purely to make fun of it i think it was the first movie like that for me where it was like oh this movie is so stupid i want to watch it and i watched I it i don't even remember that movie. it was so 
hilariously bad. And it was just like, it was just this stupid, like, like they probably wrote it. it probably the movie took as many minutes to write as it did to, <laughs> to watch. Um, and it's just Vanilla Ice going around being a Vanilla Ice and like, you know, seducing some girl who with her disapproving father and such. Um, but I watched that movie. That was like the first bad movie I watched a bunch. And I watched that movie a bunch of times. And it is horrible. Featuring Michael Gross of uh, Family Ties. Oh, Family Ties. Yeah. Uh, that was a good show. Yeah, there you go. Um, the dad was, was the disapproving father in, <laughs> in that show, in that movie. Uh, all right. Uh, next one. Uh, this is a good one. This is, he says, we surveyed 100 men, but I think that, so I don't want to, we don't, we don't need to make this a, a man versus what men want versus what women want, you know, oh God, thing. Oh, uh, do that. But he just says... Uh, this is JJ, or this is Joe, who is at JJ underscore the underscore Jetson. Um, he wants to know, name something you'd like to swap with your neighbor. Oh, something I want to swap with my neighbor? That does sound like a family feud question. Oh. I think that's why he said we surveyed 100 men. But uh, I actually watched Family Feud for the first time in ages yesterday for like a hot second, and it was funnier than I remember. It's very, um, so they've gone blue. Family Family Feud is now like it used to be that there was always like references to sort of sexy stuff, and right, now right. Family they're Feud on into now they're now. just over the top with it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that's a good question. I don't know. I'm gonna have to think about that mainly because we have very nice neighbors, but my one of my greatest fears in life is having to make small talk with the neighbors. So I try not to be out there when they are out there. I'm not sure if I could swap one thing with them, what it would be. Yeah, um, I, I too have very nice neighbors. Uh, one set just moved in, so I don't even know if they have anything cool that I want that I don't have. Yeah. Um, the other, I don't I don't see into their backyard as well, so I also can't really speak to that. But I actually, so the thing is, and this is very, this is a no doubter for me, is that mm. the neighbors on both sides of my backyard uh, have better outdoor space layouts than my apartment oh. has. My apartment, for whatever reason, there's a, it's a deck, but it, the deck only takes up like half of the space that we have, and it just sort of splits it for no reason. So you you sort of lose a lot of space because there's a random fence in the middle of the yard. Mm-hmm. Uh, whereas neither of my neighbors have that, so they have much wider backyard situations. I would easily gladly trade. We actually have the best backyard out of all of our neighbors because we've got this tree, which is a very nice tree, and I don't know the name of the tree, but it's huge, and it's blooming right now, and it's got a lot of, like, very pretty pink fluorescent pink flowers. Is it a magnolia uh, tree? No, 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 it's not a magnolia tree. Uh, I don't know, I gotta, I gotta ask my sister what kind of tree it is. Does it only bloom for, like, does it only bloom for, like, two days, and then all the flowers go away? No, no, it's like a, I don't know what kind of tree it is, but it has, But um, it's not a, you're saying it's not a magnolia tree. No, it's not a magnolia tree. It is a... It's a crepe myrtle. Oh, it's a crepe myrtle. It's a crepe myrtle tree. Okay. (laughs) Uh, it's a crepe myrtle tree, but we had our patio done. So we easily have the best backyard out of all of our neighbors. Like not even just the ones to like one to two sides of us, but I would say uh, definitely on the street. Um, wow. So, best no, backyard on the I'm street. Not, you that are is to come. no joke. Y'all are welcome to come. And You're inviting come whatever. Judge all the patios. Ours is definitely the best. Don't invite the public <laughs> to come to your backyard. <laughs> So yeah, I def- I don't need to trade uh, I don't need to trade backyard spaces, but both of the neighbors on both sides of us they have 
infants. They so one of them is I think the one to the left of us is about a year, and the one to the right is just like fresh, like it's maybe a couple of months <laughs> old. It's the freshest of babies. It's the freshest of babies. I I wouldn't like I would go out there more if they had their kids out there, so I could just like you know like look at the baby a little bit more. I'm not saying I want to swap an infant, but you know, <laughs> um, like, yeah, maybe that's not gonna yeah, for but, an hour. Right, like you well, you should offer to babysit. Mm, no, that opens up the door to like being too friendly, okay, right? Yeah, uh, but like, hey, I, wanna, I, I, I like playing with babies. Respectful distance. Okay, yeah, that's fair. Um, yeah. I mean, it might be weird. It might be weird, like unsolicited offers of babysitting <laughs> too, right? Like, <laughs> hey, I'll babysit your kids. Hey, uh, don't, I know. I know. We've never made any small talk, but uh, if you want to send your kids <laughs> over, please do. Yeah, don't. That's no, weird. Don't do that. Um, uh, no, it's it's actually very sweet. The like the dad on one side just mows our lawn for us all the time. Just it's they're they're very nice and very suburban. Oh, good. Um, are you hiring? Do you know where to post your job to find the best candidates? With ZipRecruiter, you can post your job to 100-plus job sites with just one click. Then their powerful technology efficiently matches the right people to your job better than anyone else. That's why ZipRecruiter is different. Unlike other job sites, ZipRecruiter doesn't depend on candidates finding you. It finds them. In fact, over 80% of jobs posted on ZipRecruiter get a qualified candidate in just 24 hours. No juggling emails or calls to your office. Simply screen, rate, and manage candidates all in one place with ZipRecruiter's easy-to-use dashboard. Find out today why ZipRecruiter has been used by businesses of all sizes to find the most qualified job candidates with immediate results. And right now, For the Win podcast listeners can post jobs on ZipRecruiter for free. That's right, free. Just go to ZipRecruiter.com slash For the Win. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash For the Win, all one word. One more time, try it again for free at ZipRecruiter.com slash For the Win. Hamill. Yeah. Doug Trimmers at Fancy Pants wants <laughs> good, to know. Good Twitter handle. Wants to know. I don't think you have a. I don't. Oh, well, so there's a two part question. The first one, I don't think you have an answer for. Second one, maybe. Um, he wants to know who is your American League MVP if you had mm-hmm. to vote for vote today. Uh, I'm I'm gonna let you take that one 100. Uh, percent I. What's that? Who are you picking? Um, I would, it's so, it's sort of a toss up right now for me between Aaron Judge and, and Jose Altuve. Uh, mm-hmm. it looks like since Altuve has continued playing really well and, and Judge has sort of trailed off a little bit, it looks like Altuve will wind up being the pick for, for that spot. But, uh, I think that a lot of people have just jumped entirely off the Aaron Judge bandwagon and I'm, I'm not there yet. So I'm holding out hope that he will... Uh, maintain his awesomeness because it seems like he's awesome. Uh, but the the second part of the question is, oh, if I if I had a vote, I think I might still go with Judge, but only in part like to troll. Um, <laughs> second part of the question, and this one is more general, is does a does a should an MVP candidate be someone from a contending team? Oh yeah, that is uh, no. I don't think so. Like the NBA does it very differently, right? The MVP can anybody like for the NHL, the MVP is usually like whoever wins, whoever from the Stanley Cup winning team. Is it? Is that how it works? Is it like um, so that it? Cause... Actually, you know what? Let me rephrase that because they have the end of the year like NHL awards come out and then they pick like 
a league MVP, but it matters less than I would say like winning the Smythe, which is the playoff MVP. Okay, so that's so yeah, that's a bigger deal than yeah. being the uh, yeah the Smythe is is a way bigger bigger deal. Okay, um, I'm looking I'm looking up the hockey the Hart Memorial Trophy is the hockey right. MVP one, and I don't know Wayne Gretzky won it nine times. That seems right to me. That's the that's the top guy. Uh, right, and, so and but the thing is that you know Alex Ovechkin has also won it multiple times, but he still doesn't have a Stanley Cup. True, but so but like was typically or is it typically typically at least from a good team? I guess in hockey, yeah, yeah, yeah. There's it's so many contenders, right? That like it's a, like half the league is technically a contender because they're all going uh, to the playoffs. Me, give me give me two seconds to research this, but I'm trying to think who won the Hart Trophy last year. Uh, Connor McDavid. Right. So the uh so the Oilers were okay, right? Like he he played the best, but the the team just was like very mediocre and they started to start an upswing late in the season. Okay. So he was like a Mike Trout guy cuz Mike Trout is yeah. typically the guy who yeah. plays extremely well on a not very good team. And now and exactly. that that flipped in recent years in baseball. It was for a long time there was this idea that like no it has to be a a contending team um but trout has been so good that now people just admit it and vote for him even if his team isn't the best um mm-hmm. and and that is like a changing thing but uh, my take is always value is value right and and in baseball especially like a sport where it's so individual like i think it's harder in hockey and it's harder in basketball and it's harder in football because your teammates contributions play such a much bigger part in what you do right, right. because you're doing it at you're doing it simultaneously like the um, the fundamental basketball stats all happen with everyone else on the team, uh, on the team on the court, factoring in it, and fundamental hitting stats. You're the only guy out there, right? So it's a lot easier, I think, to isolate performances, um, or at least you know to to some extent. Uh, so to me, it's just okay. If this guy is the best hitter, that means he's the most valuable. If this guy's the best player, that means he's the most valuable. Well, no matter what team he's on. And maybe Mike Trout's not making the Angels a contending team, but maybe he's maybe Mike Trout is is single-handedly responsible for making them a 500 team, and they'd be one of the worst in the league without him. So I just t- kind of say I don't want to think about anything but this being the who had the best season award because to me that's synonymous with most valuable. I think that's a very reasonable take. Uh, that is my take, and I'm sticking <laughs> by it. Uh, and I think, and I think if it were like between two equal candidates and one was on a better team i'd probably pick the one i'd probably side with the one on the better team just for more like notoriety and it's it's a little more fun you know but uh but ultimately i think it's just the best player should win um and i have i think there's a non-zero chance that by the end of the season trout still looks like the best player even though he missed like a quarter of the season uh which is insane uh, but we can talk about how insane Mike Trout is at other times. Yeah, your your crush on Mike Trout is still. still it's going not on. a crush. It's just an adequate appreciation. <laughs> it really is. It's just an adequate appreciation for his talents that no one else apparently shares. So it's not I'm a crush. Not using that, I I just an adequate appreciation of his talents <laughs> that no one else shares. Right? Like yeah, like you yeah, you have an adequate appreciation of like Michael Fassbender's talents. Um, <laughs> Right. You don't know how right you are. Yeah. Um, Maggie wants to know, Maggie Hendricks, at Maggie Hendricks, what is your favorite cereal? Oh, we have already I think we've discussed this, this. What is your favorite cereal? It's a Special K with red berries. Oh, yeah. That's you, my favorite you, we cereal. have heard yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah. You, I already told you that you were very disappointed. 
Uh, yeah, I was. That's a lame cereal. But mine, yeah. mine are all lame too. Like, cause I, I eat kashi, right? Because yeah, cause I, we're adults. Cause I'm an adult. I eat, I eat adult breakfast. I don't, I don't really love. Like, I, I like sugary sh- cereal maybe as a dessert or like a snack sometimes. But yeah. I don't like sugary things enough to ever buy it. Like, I never have. There's never been like a box of Lucky Charms in my house since I was like ten, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, we are. I mean, I have. Uh, when I was when I was training for my marathon and I was eating like every 12 minutes, uh, I had boxes of like on standby, I had boxes of cinnamon toast crunch because that's something that was like, never ate it for breakfast, but I would eat it as a snack. I would eat it at like midnight. Uh, that was just like a constant. You know what cinnamon toast crunch is kind of good for? Is if you make, um, if you make like rice crispy treats, but with cinnamon toast crunch, that's ooh. good. That's good. Is that good? Yeah. Um, very sweet. It's extremely sweet. That's the thing you don't factor in when you're because like Rice Krispies aren't sweet at all. So when you make the treats out of them, it only sweetens them that much. But but with cinnamon toast crunch, you're starting in a much sweeter spot. You typically, I think, eat smaller portions than you would with a white crispy or a Rice Krispie treat. All right, good to know. But like as a dessert, that you know, in a in, a, in the pinch, yeah, it's a good idea. <laughs> um. Yeah, that's a okay. Sorry, we've taken that question twice. Uh, at Raphael M. Jerez, uh, I thought I had a point to make about cereal before we moved on, but I forgot what oh, it was. Oh no! Okay, well, we'll um, see if it comes back. No, to you. I don't. I don't. I I lost it. I think I lost oh. it. Um, at Giraffe, Raphael Jerez, he's asked us questions before. He wants to know what is your oh my god. I, I've actually been thinking about this a lot this week. What is your oh my god? I can't believe I saw that sports moment from that you saw in person. Oh, see, this is tough because I came to sports pretty late and I haven't really been to a lot of like actual live sporting events. Uh So I'm not really sure what I have. Um, You might want to come back to me. Like there's a couple that stand out, but no like big historic. uh, Oh, my God. I can't believe I just saw that. I've got a lot. I've got. um, Have you? Well, you've been to a lot of baseball games. I've been to a ton of baseball games. And you've Um, been to a lot of freaking World Series. I've been to a lot of World Series. Um, I think that, so, um, non, and I think I've described this to you before. One of them, and this is not like a notable event, I think that the only record of it I have found on the internet is one I wrote myself, but I promise it happened at an NHL game and an Islanders game in like the late 80s. The game was twice interrupted by uh, paper airplanes, like just tons and tons of paper airplanes because it was Dental Hygiene Awareness Night. And Um, this was before there was any kind of social media. It would have been the biggest thing on Twitter if it happened. It would have been like, it would have blown up the internet. It was so funny. The timing of the second wave of paper airplanes was so freaking funny and it's now lost to time but i promise that would have been the most biggest viral sensation in islanders history um i also i was at the game where robin ventura hit the pinch hit uh, not a pinch hit but the grand slam single to win the game against the braves in the playoffs and i think it was a 99 or 2000 um and you know it's like a classic game of mets lore that was a really good game that game um, it went so long as so it was a Sunday, I believe, and I was yep. I was going back to college. I had to go back to college the next day because I had like school the next day, and my parents were were trying to get me to leave because we were, the plan was after the game I would just get on the last Delta shuttle. Uh, mm-hmm. Remember, this is before nine eleven, so you could just get on a plane in in twenty minutes or whatever. Uh, and the Delta shuttle just was ran all day. It still does run all day, 
between New York and D.C. I was just going to get on the Delta shuttle after the game and come home. I wound up talking my parents into letting me stay overnight and and just get up get on the first plane in the morning and stayed for that. That was cool. Um, I was that at, game was like what 14, 15 innings. Uh, yeah, I believe I can't believe I'm so bad at details like that. Um, but I believe it was the fifteenth inning uh, I, that he hit I the grand slam single. You and I are roughly the same age, yeah. and I think that I was in college then as well, and that was actually one of the first games that I watched when I was just getting into baseball. That's a really good way to get into it. Yeah, because I had I had watched part of it. I watched it like the fourth inning, and then I was like, well, I'm going to go do some work, and then I'll come back to it. And I came back to the eighth inning, and then I had a whole other like baseball game after yeah. that to watch. Yeah. And like and so the, the Braves had gone up in the top half of the 15th, right. and, then, and then so Ventura hit the Grand Slam in the bottom. It was, I mean, I, Shea Stadium, so Shea Stadium was like old and shook a lot. That was like kind of part of its deal. I, it was so loud, and so intense that like I thought the building might come down it was like scary it got a little bit scary because it, like, the, <laughs> the ground was just shaking um so that's up there for me uh I was at Johan Santana's no hitter which was oh. awesome uh Incredible. that was sweet because I just so like to that point the Mets had never thrown a no hitter and it's kind of I think in, in the head of a lot of people watching the Mets is always like well will this be the no hitter um it was mm-hmm. a Friday night Carl, it was Carlos Beltran's first game back in New York, and that's why I went, uh, was to cover that. And then I was like, ah, I got nothing else to do. I'll hang out for the game. And, like, I didn't have I didn't have anything to do post-game or anything. I just hung out, and then it happened to be the no-hitter. Uh, that was awesome. Um, I remember leaving the press box during that because I was like, I don't want to watch this from the press box. And so I went out into the crowd yeah. and watched, for, watched that, it. That's a good call. Um, and then of course, like game seven of the most recent world series was just absolutely incredible. Like, uh, sort of a nightmarish work scenario, but still like incredibly (laughs) cool to watch. Yeah. I I wouldn't want to be working during something like that. I just want to run around. I mean, I'm not even a Cubs fan. I just kind of want to run around and experience it. Yeah. So the, the bigger part, I mean, I honestly think that the more stunning thing was being in Chicago when the Cubs won the NLCS to go to the mm. World Series um, mm-hmm. because it was in Cleveland where they won the World Series. So there wasn't that same – but, like, yeah, being around – I don't know if it's, like, an oh-my-God moment, but just walking around Wrigleyville, like, where the Cubs play, right mm-hmm. after the Cubs had just clinched a World Series berth was – that was something I will never forget, right? Like, that was, like, the happiest I have ever seen people in general. That was the drunkest I have ever seen people in general. That was the most demanding of Taco Bell I have ever seen people in general. <laughs> like, it was just – it was a crazy mob scene, you know? That sounds awesome. So I have very limited experience actually going to sports because I – like I said, you know, I didn't grow up really – watching sports or being able to go watch sports in person. I came to sports pretty late in life, especially as a career, right? I've been doing this for about four, four and a half years. Um, But for me, the oh my God sports moment is so much smaller. It is the first time I actually got to go to a baseball game. I was like 22 and baseball has been a thing for me for a very, very long time, right? When I was a little kid, we used to live in Oakland and I really, really wanted to go to an Oakland A's game. Like we had just come to America and I was learning about baseball and I was like obsessed, didn't really understand any of it, but I really wanted to go to a baseball game. And I must've been eight or something like that. It long story short, we ended up moving. I got tickets to a game, but we ended up moving before I could actually go to. Oh no. 
Yeah, it was, I mean, I read, <laughs> so our library had a contest so that if you read like a certain amount of books, you got free tickets to a baseball game. So I just read like a Oh, and you won books. the contest and then you couldn't go? That is yes. heartbreaking. That's heartbreaking. Yeah, and they like won the contest and I like got the tickets and my parents were like, well, we're moving like two weeks before, you know, before we're going to, before you could go to the game. So it was, I mean, you know, as a kid, it's just like crushing, right? But when I was like 22, a friend of mine, you know, had a long promise. He was like, we're, we're going to get you to a Mets game. And so it was the first time that I actually went to a baseball game. And I remember just walking into Shea Stadium because it was that when the Mets were still at Shea. And I was just like, oh, my God. So that was very, very exciting. Yeah, that is um, that's like you. All your stories about stuff like this is are much nicer than mine. Are much nicer. I'm like, I don't know. I wanted, I didn't want to go back to college, and then my parents were like, No, you have to go back. I was like, No, but I'm not going to. And then he hit a home run. Uh, yeah, well, different, different, uh, different lifestyles growing up, I guess. I suppose. Uh, <laughs> our last question. Ah, I wish I had a better answer for this. Uh, no, that's not true. Uh, who, Reno Wallabout wants to know, who is straight up the funniest professional athlete? Oh. It depends. Like, there's there's got to be. Pro- oh, God. There's definitely. They've got to be on NBA. I mean, there's. Yeah. We're, we're ta- I love hockey players, and I've met so many nice ones, and there's maybe one or two that I would actually call funny. Yeah, whereas, like, I feel like half the NBA is funny. Right? Yeah, I, I feel like, like the NBA has a much better sense of humor. Um, yeah, I, 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 but I don't, I don't even know. Like Joel Embiid is like the big funny guy, right? Like he. Joel Embiid, I, I think Javale McGee, just because his Instagram of his new baby is, I mean, just like so hilarious that I, I think that he's got a pretty sharp sense of humor. Do you know yeah. what I'm talking about? Um, no, I haven't seen that, but I, it, yeah. He had a child, and he's, like, holding the baby up to his ear like it's a phone. And the caption for his Instagram was, like, new baby who this. Like, it's just very, very funny. That's good. That's a, that's a, that's, that's good. Uh, I would chuckle at that if I saw it <laughs> yeah. uh, organically on Instagram. Uh, yeah, so I'd say, like, probably it's – but, you know, I would say also there's a chance that, like, there's someone – super funny in hockey or baseball or football who just well, because of the cultures of those sports doesn't speak up. So Roberto Luongo is, you know, who is generally on Twitter considered to be the funniest NHL player. And he's very, very sharp, even in real life. And is just hilarious with the media. Um, I will say the, the person that I thought had the most underappreciated sense of humor is probably Jonathan Taves for the Blackhawks because he was so serious for so long. Yeah. And there was no personality whatsoever. And now all of a sudden, a couple of years ago at the All-Star game, he starts like cracking jokes that are actually funny. Um, so I, I think that he's got a good sense of humor. I would throw a bone to Ichiro. Um, okay. I think Ichiro is like quietly a hilarious dude. Um, I know that. So he has some like, I think that it's partly, uh, it seems like, his translator might be, uh, and I think he's had the same translator for a while, and I think he's like a very literal translator. Um, so <laughs> some of the phrases sound really funny, That, and I think that, like, so, like, um, he has a quote about when he was chasing a hits record, and he said, like, about George Sisler, 
Um, he went to George Sisler was the guy with the hits record, and Ichiro went to visit his grave, um, oh which was like I don't know, like I you know again like, but he called him a like a grand upperclassman of the baseball world, and like that always <laughs> seems to me like something that it's not a joke. That's just like a very probably a literal translation, right. whereas very a, dif- from Japanese a, English, a yeah. different translator might say, uh, you know, he is a legend of the baseball world or something like that. Um, but he also Ichiro has also said most notably. Uh, uh, they were like, are you excited to go to Cleveland? And he was like, no, I'm not excited to go to Cleveland. I hate Cleveland. If I ever said I was excited to go to Cleveland, I would punch myself in the face because I'd be lying. <laughs> and I think that's funny. And and so, that's funny. and he supposedly uh, learned Spanish so he can talk trash in Spanish to like Miguel Cabrera and such. So I like that too. I would throw a bone for Ichiro. Good for yeah. He sounds like a pretty pretty funny dude. I like. I'm very much the understated humor yeah. kind of person. Yeah. Um. All right. Sweet. Uh. That's all the time we've got. I got to get going, and everybody should go about their days. So, um. Hemel, thanks as always for joining me. Thanks for having me, Ted. Peace out.